Hey guys, I don't know if you're like me, but I love Count the Dings and everything it has to offer. I just can't find everything I need. You know, I know about Cinephobe and I know about the mailbag and I know about Bomb, but that's all we do, right, I mean? No, we do so much more. What? Yeah, absolutely. If you sign up, patreon.com slash count the dings, you'll find a plethora of other content, fresh content, extended content, the OG pod overflow, the Cinephobe cold opens that we've taken and made their own thing to live only there the re-watchingtons bomb and it's full Ooh. and unadulterated cut early drops of cinephobe episodes and so much more said the og pod now is it new or is it old mace i'm glad you asked that it is a new incarnation mm-hmm. of the old og pod oh. so it's me zach trey Waz, tom i love those guys just like we always were going back to the true hoop days mm-hmm. we're recreating that magic recapturing it and putting it back out we're talking hoops we're talking pop culture and most importantly we're talking for 40 minutes for free mm-hmm. but then another specific patreon exclusive segment for every one of those episodes funny enough about that og pod you're getting tom and trey on mondays you're getting me and waz aka zosny on wednesdays Amin's floating in between i'm a floater you never know when you're gonna get Amin in those so you gotta listen to them all and what if i'm not sure what maze looks like because i've always thought he's a fat man with a fedora he's got a weird voice how can i see for myself what this maze character actually looks like it's crazy you don't know the answer to this mm. because it's the cinephobe pod youtube page what the ct5s on the cinephobe pod youtube page you can look at all of us you can get all the og pods on youtube too at count the dings one on youtube at cinephobe pod on youtube patreon.com slash count the dings gets you everything all in one feed you can link it to your spotify and now enjoy the show when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, I'm Paul Giamatti. And I'm Stephen Asma. Join us on the Chinwag Podcast every Wednesday where we trade the banal and the boring for the super strange and bizarre. They committed human sacrifice? I did bring up human sacrifice, yes. You sure did. <laughs> that just went by fast. Kind of casually tossed that out. I would like to have an alien uh, hatchet young inside. Holy shit, really? She saw world peace and I saw demons coming out of the wall. I will say that there was a green couch outside of the principal's office and you sat on it if you had lights or if you got into trouble. (laughs) They wake you up from the goo pods to live in reality and you're naked and screaming. It's like... (laughs) Follow us for free on Apple Podcasts and all major podcast platforms. For more information, go to chinwagpod.fm and find enlightenment through our Instagram or TikTok at ChinwagPod or on Twitter at Chinwag underscore pod. When you listen to Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, the comedy podcast, you get a belly full of laughs and a head full of real information. Our gallimaufry of expert guests answer questions on stuff adults need to know. I have mold in my dwelling. What do I do? What's gerrymandering? What happens chemically when I fall in love? How do I handle a parent-teacher conference? What are microbes? Listen to Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. Solve problems, get laughs. R Slash is a hilarious podcast where Dabney Bailey uses ridiculous voices and emotions to read aloud the week's craziest Reddit posts. He reenacts various Reddit threads covering wild stories and secrets, petty revenge, relationships, and much more. So if you're looking for a daily distraction and a laugh, check out R Slash wherever you get your podcasts. Mm-mm-mm. I don't know how we do this. In under three parts. I don't know how, why you guys think it's going to take that long. I don't, I don't, I don't. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Now I'm worried I watched the wrong version. There is a director's cut with an additional 39 minutes. And let me tell you. An additional 39 minutes? 39 additional minutes of footage. 39 additional American minutes. <sighs> now I got to know what's in it. Me too. <laughs> what could they have left out? Yeah, that's a good point. That's right, Baxter. 
Oh, he he comes up in the movie. My dog? Yeah. Welcome to Cinephobe, where we were going, that's when you swore. I don't know what you're waiting for at that moment. Like, <laughs> the pregnant pause has happened, and just take it away. Your picks have been horrible, man. It's the point. It's the point of the show. Isn't, Isn't it? it? Isn't it? It's possible. <laughs> I don't understand what this podcast is about. Poppycock. It's a fuck house. On a weekly basis, we are consuming more concentrated bad movies there's probably anybody in the history of mankind. Poppycock. What story? What story? <laughs> what are you talking about? Do you want lunch? I have yet to laugh in this movie. I'll just tell you that. You picked it, motherfucker. <laughs> just remember that. You know the problem with Hollywood is? They make shit. Unbelievable. Unremarkable shit. <laughs> I was legitimately offended. You were offended? I was, I was offended. I didn't know you could get offended. I was offended. This did it. If I were gay, I wouldn't be offended. They're fucking making shit up, I mean. Inconsequential detail after inconsequential yeah. detail after inconsequential detail. Please don't lie. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I'm there holding a mic in my hands and now I'm talking yeah. all over. <laughs> Welcome to Cinephobe, the podcast where we break down the movies you're afraid to admit you love. I'm Zach Harper. That's Mino Hassan. That's Anthony Mays. If you have submission for Cinephobe, and our list is growing, fellas. Reminder, it needs to be 40% or lower on Rotten Tomatoes for the audience score or the critic score. I feel like our listeners are doing a great job. Because I don't think we've gotten a submission in a while that does not qualify. The news is out. The message is out. The word is out. People know how to nominate now. We're getting some good ones, too. This week on Cinephobe, we watched the 1992 horror sci-fi movie, the Lawnmower Man. Is it a horror movie? I don't know. That's what IMDb has listed as. Maybe you're horrified that you've spent time watching this movie. Maybe that's what it is. Man, it is. Well, we'll get into it. That's what the podcast is. It's a horrible sci-fi movie. <laughs> the Lawnmower Man stars Pierce Brosnan and Jeff Fahey. Which one was Jeff Fahey? That's The Lawnmower Man. Oh, I thought that was John Stamos. You thought that was John's? All right. With a bad wig on. Look, I know we do a lot of, like, Two Americas jokes and stuff. You can't possibly think Jeff Fahey and John Stamos look the same. I just love that he watched the entire movie believing it was John Stamos. After a while, I realized he's too old to be John Stamos at that mo- at that time. So I knew it wasn't John Stamos. But at first, I was like, is that John Stamos with a really bad wig on? Well, Jeff Fahey both looks super young and super old at the same time in this movie. It's talent. Is that what that is? Looks weathered. I only recognize him from Lost. Who was he on Lost? And he showed up in like season three as like a helicopter pilot. Okay. Not even a main part. And then this is Pierce Brosnan three years before James Bond. Oh, okay. So I wrote down in my notes, he took time out of James Bond to make this? They gave him James Bond after this? After this. What was his first movie? His first James Bond movie? This is his first real movie. GoldenEye 1995. That was 95? Mm-hmm. I forgot about Timothy Dalton, man. Damn. t Dalton? Because I was saying Roger Moore. There's no way Roger Moore was working until 95. Then I realized, oh, that's right. Timothy Dalton was in the middle. Pierce's first real movie. He hadn't been in much of anything of significance, and he would be in Mrs. Doubtfire two years later. That's right. Mrs. Doubtfire is before James Bond? Yeah. Oh, it's amazing. It really puts the James Bond stuff in a different light. Does it? I don't know. I guess I processed it the whole time that this dude is James Bond. And then he's getting these other roles. And it's like, ah, knock him out or whatever. And now I'm thinking to myself, like May said, they gave James Bond to him? Right. It doesn't make any sense. And it was successful because Dalton wasn't really that successful, right? Like they kind of ran him out of there. Yeah, no, he's terrible. Is it just that Pierce was super respected in England? Why? <laughs> I don't know. I don't. For what? I don't know. <laughs> it's just my guess because 
I can't imagine based off this movie, they were like, that's 007 right there. Mrs. Doubtfire. Mrs. Doubtfire makes way more sense to me to be like, that's 007 than this movie. He was a lot more one-dimensional Mrs. Doubtfire than he was in this movie. You're right, because he was a lot more zero-dimensional in this movie. What? He had no dimensions in this movie. He was bad. He was acting his ass off. What? Pierce Brosnan? Oh, Oh, okay. In this movie? Let's get into it, boys. Let's get into this movie. Let's get through the cast. Fahey was in a movie called Body Parts, a movie about a guy who loses an arm and has it replaced by the arm of a serial killer in 1991. Mm. I wonder if that qualifies. Sounds like Idle Hands. That was a Rick and Morty episode. I'm going to assume that came out way before Rick and Morty and Idle Hands, all right? <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm not <laughs> saying that they stole it from Idle Hands. I'm just saying. Really accusatory over here, right? <laughs> and he would be in the movie Wyatt Earp a couple years later. Trash. We also get Jenny Wright from Young Guns 2. Mark Bringleson, who played Andy Warhol in one of the Austin Powers movies. And our guy, Jeffrey Lewis. Is that Uncle Frank? Cinephobians will remember him as Uncle Frank from Double Impact. And also, he was in something else, right? This is his third appearance. He's in Tango and Cash. Yeah. Nothing but bangers from Uncle Frank. We got to prep everybody. If you haven't seen the movie, Uncle Frank with an accent. <laughs> oh, yeah. He went deep in his bag. And was that accent necessary to the character? No. Absolutely Why? not. No. Just like Dean Norris who you remember as Hank Schrader from Breaking Bad is in this movie. His accent is not necessary in this movie. He was also in Total Recall, like really close to this. Oh, that's right. Lawnmower Man, written and directed by Brett Leonard. Brett directed a movie called Hideaway. He directed Virtuosity. Oh! Yeah, a couple of Billy Idol movies. Somehow, he got Denzel and Russell Crowe for Virtuosity. And let me say, I am intrigued, boys. Oh, have have you you never seen seen Virtuosity? No. Does it qualify? All this dude's movies are feature cinephobes. Oh my god. Don't forget T-Rex, Back to the Cretaceous. I would not mind a Brett Leonard run on cinephobe. (laughs) I wouldn't mind that at all. Brett Leonard month. I'm not telling you what to pick, but... I can't believe you've never seen Virtuosity Maze. I feel like that's a very Maze movie. He also directed a couple of Billy Idol videos, a couple of Peter Gabriel videos, and a Siegfried and Roy documentary. He wrote that documentary as well. Which Peter Gabriel? Kiss That Frog and Play. Kiss That Frog was the same CGI company, Angel Studios, which we'll touch on later. Oh, nice. I love it. I love these trivia teases. Stephen King gets a story credit on this one. We'll get into that later as well, because <laughs> that uh, also got taken away. And Gamel Everett also gets a writing credit. He produced Virtuosity, and he was in the art department for Killer Clowns from Outer Space. boy. It doesn't look like they let brett leonard write another one of his movies ever again yeah and it doesn't look like they let gimmel everett ever do anything again i can't imagine yeah it's weird synopsis for lawnmower man a simple man is turned into a genius through the application of computer science i didn't say it quite as eloquently as that when i described it to my friend <laughs> bingo tagline is my i think it's my favorite my favorite one so far god made him simple science made him a god Ooh. I get chills, man. <laughs> chills reading that. They're really focusing on the simple. They m- m- made him yeah. simple. <laughs> <laughs> All right. $10 million estimated budget. <laughs> Sometimes when I watch my head movies, it makes my eyes rain. I ain't got a good brain. I think you've got a fine brain, Jack. You m- 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 make me happy. Goodbye, Mama. Now you can have ice cream in heaven. $10 million budget, $32.1 million US and worldwide. Hit. Yeah. That's why I got a sequel. It was also the highest grossing independent movie of the year. Wow. Wow. This is an independent movie. Thought there was some studio behind this? Couldn't tell from the production value. <laughs> Before listening to the rest of this podcast, Lawnmower Man is available on Showtime. Rotten Tomatoes score. Lawnmower Man receives 34% from critics on 41 reviews and 31% from the audience on over 47,000 ratings. You mean you want the positive or the negative reviews? Well, you know me, Zach. I'm a glass half full kind of guy. Give me the positives. Well, everybody's just thinking about the negative. Well, I think the glass is half full. Everybody thinks it's half empty. Roger Hurlbert of South Florida Sun Sentinel. 
The Lawnmower Man is a visually stunning and innovative sojourn into a world of computer science gone haywire. <laughs> this motherfucker's never touched. It is visually stunning. Never touched a computer in his life. I was stunned. My eyes were stunned. I didn't know you could get stunned. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen Hunter of Baltimore Sun. As a visual adventure, The Lawnmower Man is great fun. Variety staff of variety. Dazzling computer animation and special effects overcome the lawnmower man's mundane story. Dazzling. Somebody wrote that review and then because it's a positive review, probably went back and just can you take my name off? It just went <laughs> staffed. Staff. Robert Roten of Laramie Movie Scope. This is a pretty good science fiction film, although it is a little thin on the science and strays into metaphysical fantasies. Little thin on the science. <laughs> little thin. Just a just a ditch. <laughs> Chris Hicks of the Deseret News. Most of the way, this is pretty routine, predictable stuff. But the computer animated special effects provide an undeniable wow factor. Wow. (laughs) Then a couple of uh, user reviews, because there are not many positives on the critics. User Patrick H., 5 out of 5 stars. From the once groundbreaking visual effects that look extremely dated today and the decent acting from Jeff Fahey and Pierce Brosnan to the brainless tone and plot, The Lawnmower Man offers viewers an extremely senseless experience from beginning to end to leave your brain in a drug-filled cloud in all the best ways by far a movie so bad it's surprisingly entertaining awesome uh, it sounds like maze wrote that user matthew k three and a half out of five stars i enjoyed this a lot more than i thought i would the plot is interesting and the actors do an all right job with the material those are both like recent reviews right yeah yeah that makes sense and then last one user guy j five out of five stars Excellent 1992 movie. Jeff Fahey did an excellent job playing Job, a.k.a. Lawnmower Man. This sci-fi action is by an obsessed scientist who wanted to turn retarded Job into a genius through virtual reality. However, not only Job became too smart, but have the power to put virtual world into the real world. Excellent. Did he capitalize the R? (laughs) No, he did not. All right, the negative reviews. At this point of time, my thought on critics not liking stuff is, then turn it off, you fucking weirdo. You have so many options. People who watch an entire project to hate on it, man, it is so weird to me. David Rollison of The Spool. The Lawnmower Man is an ambitious not-quite-failure that almost dared King to sue from moment one but it's still worth a watch if you loved aged computer graphics and schlocky cheese. <laughs> Vanessa Letts of The Spectator. Yes, Letts. Gratuitously offensive. Yes. No. Yes. Yeah. No, Vanessa Trippin. What? Gratuitously offensive? I mean. How are you offended? This is one of the most gratuitous movies we've watched. Yes. No, I wouldn't. I have it. huge ethical issues with this movie at some point. Okay. Dennis Schwartz of Dennis Schwartz Movie Reviews. Its greatest assets are its dazzling video game special effects. But this was the negative reviews. I'm going to guess it was sarcastic. That's the only thing that was good about it, according to that guy. Was the special effects? Yes. I'm just starting to think that 1992 was a very different time, I mean. Guys, I also don't think that was a compliment. Time the fuck out. Jurassic Park came out the very next year. Next no, I know. Year. Yes. And it looked like real fucking dinosaurs were out there. They had guys turning into bubbles. <laughs> Big, big, big <laughs> and they kept doing the same animation over and over again. The same one. They only have one move, and they just hit a repeat, and it just keeps doing the dice move. Seth Rogen and knocked up. Knocked up. All right, TV guide. Virtual reality aside, the lawnmower man suffers all the usual problems. The cliched story is further undermined by wooden performances and the inevitable unhappy ending. Jay Boyar of Orlando Sentinel, the lawnmower man has it all. Melodramatic plot, bad acting, special effects that will undoubtedly seem cheesy in about five minutes. Mm. And even a concluding sequence in which the usual lofty moral is voiced. People Magazine, this latest attempt to translate King's horrific talent into... Movie interweaves ancient fright techniques with modern technology and winds up as Nintendoized gothic. Don't know what the fuck they just said. I don't know. Widget walls of needcoffee.com. Every once in a while, an idea comes along that's so lame it surprises even me. This was three of those times. <laughs> and the last one, user Gene K gave it a half a star out of five stars. Pierce Brosnan, what are you doing in this movie? It's so bad, it's comical. 
I love the idea that Pierce Brosnan maybe one day just like, I'm going to check out the user reviews. Hey, Pierce, what the fuck, man? He's got a high cup of tea. He's like, honey, coming to dinner? Well, first I've got to check IMDb's message boards. Darling, do you remember when I made that cheeky independent film, The Lawnmower Man? It was about the simple man. How do you guys feels today? Let me tell you, feels is a better way to be. Our premium CBD will keep your head clear and help you feel your best. It reduces anxiety. It reduces pain. It reduces sleeplessness. Feels naturally helps reduce stress. Anxiety, pain, sleeplessness. Places a few drops under your tongue and feel the difference within minutes. Are you new to CBD? Well, Feels offers a free CBD hotline to help guide you through the experience. Me, personally, had a couple of restless nights during this whole pandemic, wasn't sleeping great, did a couple of Feels uh, the next day, boom, out like a light that night. You know, get a little joint pain because I'm getting up there in age, a little Feels CBD under the tongue, boom, joint pain gone greatly reduced it's so easy to use it's so good for you it's just the better way to do your life right now it will naturally help you feel better and there's no high there's no hangover there's no addiction you can join the feels community get the feels delivered to your door every single month you'll save money on every order and you can pause or cancel at any time become a member and get 50 percent off your first order 50% 50% off. It has me feeling my very best every day, and it helps you too. 50% off your first order with free shipping by going to feels.com slash ding. That's F-E-A-L-S dot com slash ding. Become a member. 50% off taken automatically off your first order with the free shipping. That's feels.com slash ding. All right, Amin, what's your first note? My first note is... Drum roll. He's the best chimp I ever had. <laughs> Sexual tension? Question mark. <laughs> he went hard defending that chimp in that moment. Oh, man. All right. We kick it off with some reading. By the turn of the millennium, a technology known as virtual reality, which is in all caps, will be in widespread use. It will allow you to enter computer-generated artificial worlds as unlimited as the imagination itself. Its creators foresee millions of positive uses, while others fear it has a new form of mind control. That one really panned out well, didn't it? To be fair, they were off on, like, what year? Augmented reality has become a really big thing. You know, we got the Oculus and all that shit. Sure. And then also, the fraud from Tesla, it's got, like, brain implants. Like, we're not that far off. I thought it was kind of prescient. Okay. I think it's still very niche. And I feel like the same kind of attitude about it now exists as it did in apparently 1992. It's like, this thing's going to be huge. Yeah. I don't know that the interest has changed much. I also just kept thinking of the community episode with the virtual reality. Mm -hmm. And then I just kept thinking about how dumb people look when they're using virtual reality. Right. We're at Virtual Space Industries, VSI. Some confusingly like suspenseful music riffs. As they show the the compound. I guess that's supposed to just be like, evil's here. A creepy chorus of voices. We get a voice saying his treatments are making him smarter at an incredible rate. It's more important than training him for war. It's Pierce Brosnan arguing with another dude over the training of a chimpanzee. But they were like backlit, so I couldn't tell who was who. Right. There's a lot of wide shots where we have stuff blocking the frame in this movie. (laughs) There is. Pierce sees instability with the war training. The other guy says they don't care about that. They want his primal rage centers fully stimulated. Needs to be battlefield earth. Re- oh, wait, I think. Why did I write battlefield earth ready? <laughs> Needs to be battlefield ready. That's just a Freudian slip right there. Do you want lunch? Do you have an autocorrect on? I don't know. The autocorrect is like, say no more. He started typing B A T. No, I got it from here. <laughs> We now get a shot of the virtual reality training program with the chimp in some kind of like gyrosphere suspension apparatus. He's detecting threats and he is shredding these virtual threats. He can't stop killing one of them as New Line Cinema presents the Lawnmower Man credits hit the screen. This CGI right off the bat. Oh man, let's go, baby. We built this shitty. (laughs) I legitimately think if you gave me an hour with a computer, I could recreate this. Computer? I could hand draw that shit. (laughs) They look like Pac-Man monkeys. They did. If you've watched this movie while you listen to this podcast, remember, the very next year, Jurassic Park had real-life dinosaurs on the screen. (laughs) 
the very next year. Don't don't like fall into oh, you know, Tron was kind of cool. Tron was like 82. Back at the lab, the chimp is picking the lock. He goes back to the training lab with its helmet. It scans infrared soldiers as threats. It sees the gun. It takes the pass. It takes the gun. I have the word what? Question mark, exclamation point. I don't know what part of this it is, except I know the next note is this chimp is walking up and nobody's noticing anything. Yeah, chimp POV. He blows that motherfucker's face off with that gun. <laughs> the dude is sitting there. You know, I, it's funny as it's happening. If you listen to this pod, I know it's, it's happened. I've gotten comments couple times before where people say our pod is basically a ripoff of mystery science theater 3000 look it's undeniable that is an influence we grew up watching that show we love that show it's an amazing show It, it definitely has an influence on what we do but it's a different show because they're watching the movie and many times they're kind of like peanut gallery cat calling the movie in real time whereas we're making observations and asking questions and things like that but when I was watching this and the chimp is walking up and the guy is very intensely focused on a screen smaller than an iPhone, right? I, all I could think of is Mystery Science Theater. Them just saying, oh, I, I'm really focused on my screen or whatever. Like, hey, ever wonder about turning around? No, not really. <laughs> everything, <laughs> everything in my life is straight in front of me. <laughs> the chimp hand is scanning the pass on the machine and it just looks like someone took a fake chimp hand, yes. held it at the forearm, and just pushed it forward. It doesn't look like that's what it is. This entire sequence <laughs> was shot in so many different cuts and stuff. None of them do we see an actual chimp at any point. No. No. We see the like his mouth at one point like curl up. Right. But it's got like a helmet on it or whatever. Uh, I mean, we do get a close-up. It's, it's my favorite shot of the movie. All right. He's evading the soldiers and making a break for it. It's just like a, a really bad version of Doom. Or Duke Nukem. The head of security finds the chimp escaping, shoots him, I think. Strong butt chin on that guy. Very strong butt chin. And we hear the shot with the slow motion of a close-up of the side profile of the chimp's face. <laughs> And it starts to ever so slightly <laughs> fall forward before Pierce wakes up from a nightmare in his bed. And I fucking lost it. <laughs> On the it close-up of this chimp's profile, just sort of moving forward, I fucking howled out loud. It's not a howler, monkey. <laughs> it was all a dream. <laughs> The TV's on and it's a military shit. He's in the bed next to a woman and he just fires up a cigarette under the covers. He's got a killer gold loop earring in his left ear, and there's just nothing but Desert Storm on TV. We see yeah. Dr. Strangelove, The Ascent of Man miniseries, and the Science of Mind book next to the TV. Puts on glasses to let us know he's a nerd. <laughs> Smokes in bed to let us know he's a badass. Earring to let us know he's a super badass. <laughs> it's a good look. I gotta admit, he looks great. Does he? The broccoli certainly thought so. The idea of him firing up the cigarette, I know it's a different time and everything, smoking and all that, is wild to me. Such a move. The idea of smoking weed in my apartment is I don't like. Right. Like, I got to be out on a balcony or outside or something. I got to be honest with you, Zach. The last episode of Bomb this week, I smoked a hookah while I was doing the pod. It felt gloriously liberating until I almost burnt down my house. (laughs) That's the thing, is it feels great, and then it's disgusting, and it's a hazard. Yeah, and then you've got, like, you know, everything's going to smell like that shit. All right, he's flipping channels. It's nothing but war footage. Every single channel is Desert Storm in the middle of the night? And it's, like, tactical shit. What is he watching? (laughs) Watching the news, Zach. You ever ever watch the news? So by the time this movie came up, I I looked it up. The Gulf War was over. But they shot it during the Gulf War. How are they to know? I guess, yeah. I guess that was that would have been my next question. Like, if they filmed a movie during the Civil War, would they just assume the Civil War is always going? Fucking screw the political assholes! Uh, he wakes up the woman. She says she's trying to sleep. He says he had a really bad nightmare. She smells the smoke and says she hates it when he smokes in bed. At least she commented on it. They put a lot of work into establishing this relationship that literally does not matter for the rest of the movie. Right, there's one more scene where it's going to matter, and then that's it. Yes. It's very soon. He looks out the window as the phone rings, and he looks into the neighbor's house, and a man is having a physical altercation with a woman. A child gets between them, and he smacks the shit out of this kid. Oh, my God. I was... (laughs) He smacks the shit out of this kid. Look, problematic. The exposition. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh, I laughed so hard. I laughed especially because I was like, what? Like, no context? No context at all. Just this guy slaps this child. <laughs> it, it, like the fucking Charlie Murphy, Rick James skit. Like he's swung back. And by the way, I've queued up. <laughs> the monkey. He's All right, I gotta do it too now. I gotta do it. Too. Swiping the swipe card is just fucking rich. Hold on, I, I'll tell you what. What the exact lawnmower man. Is. Sorry, did you, did you just voice command? <laughs> hey, yo. Yo. Lawnmower man, I summon ye. You know who Zach sounds like? He sounds like the cop. Oh, don't don't spoil the cop yet. No, no, don't, no, spoil, don't spoil the, the cop. cop yet. Don't spoil the cop. Don't, don't spoil the it. cop. We're gonna get to don't that. Don't do it. Oh my god. All right. <laughs> Spoiler alert. That's my golden dust. <laughs> Damn it. All right. He picks up the phone. Larry, it's Tim's. Yeah, your chips, daddy. Tried to escape. <laughs> I fucking lost it at that line too. All right. He's arguing with Tim's at the facility about the same shit. And I wrote the note. I wonder if this is the only thing they talk about. Never like, man, Giants are three back of the Dodgers. Nothing like that, right? It's just always like, in the name of science, we have to keep pushing forward. Tim sucks, by the way. Token middleman. Oh, Tim's is terrible. Yeah. Pierce says he's going to find funding in the private sector. Tim says the company owns it all. Pierce thinks that it's a threat to him and that they're trying to suppress his work. He believes his technology and virtual reality in general will lead to the evolution of the human mind. This scene is big time Basil Exposition. I called him Suspenders. And I said, Suspenders looks like Bill Burr. They want Pierce to take a hiatus. They'll restructure around the lab. He needs to rest. Now we're at a church or something, and Uncle Frank pulls up in Terry McKean's landscaping truck. Call McKean for the green. Is that Uncle Frank? Uncle Frank with the clock in swig. Ladies and gentlemen, he showed up to work early in the morning, gets out. First thing to do, take out a flask and take a heavy shot of whatever's in it. Not just that, though, Amin. He comments that it's so hot right now. He's just muttering into himself the whole time. That's not hydration. Such a long way up here. And and as he's muttering these things, I heard it, but I instantly told myself I just didn't hear it correctly. Right. Said, no, Same. he doesn't have an accent. What <laughs> no. are you talking about, me? And he walks up to this little shack. He's trying to wake up Job. And I wrote, wait, Uncle Frank has an Irish accent? What the fuck? I wrote, does he have an accent? I feel like you live in the top of a tree. Who stole Uncle Frank's lucky charms? So his brother is the priest. The priest does not have an accent. Wait. What do you mean the brother's the priest? So Uncle Frank is Terry McKean and it's Father Francis McKean's church. Oh, you know what? I never caught his name. I, I caught Father McKean, but I never caught... It was on the truck. Yeah, I just called him Uncle Frank the whole time. Call McKean for the green. Job has apparently been doing penance all night. Job is wearing a long sleeve shirt and overalls equivalent of that time Tracy McGrady was wearing shack suit on NBA TV. He's one strapping. Marky Mark. It's just the biggest clothes that you've ever seen. Very simple Jack. Oh, uh, true, yeah. It is very simple Jack. This is the part where Zach points out that Tropic Thunder came out after this movie. Well, you guys are going to say like, oh, they got that from Simple Jack. We never said they got it from anything. You implied we just it. Mentioned. All right. Job is skittish and Uncle Frank uncovers Big Red, a lawnmower that apparently Job built on his own. Oh, my God. Would you look at this? You finished Big Red. Yeah. Oh, you're magic with a machine bike. Job wants to try it today. They're at a gas station, and Job has to fill up the gas can. And this is it's God. Harley's gasser up. A tough guy is smoking a cigarette, and Job sees it. He tells the guy, Jake, over and over. That's dangerous. You forget who you're talking to, halfwit. That's dangerous. You yeah, shut Job, the- yeah, Job, boy, go ahead and finish what you're doing. He's there. smoking, Terry. That's right, I'm smoking. Why don't you shut the fuck up and fill up your gas tank? Frank comes in to defuse the situation, and in the background, he's, he asks Jake, "How's your old man doing?" Jake goes, "Worse than ever." Worse than ever. <laughs> great fucking line. I actually think that's great writing. By the way. That was great. Jake spits a cigarette at him. Uncle Frank says he doesn't know what he's doing. Cut to the Project 5 facility, and Tim's is in the darkest, most concrete conference room imaginable. (laughs) Now Suspenders looks like Matthew Barry. Oh, man. Dean Norris is Mr. (laughs) Director. 
He's talking to him on a screen that is zoomed in way too close That's on his face. Gorgeous. Once again, FaceTiming in a movie in the yeah. <laughs> late 80s, early 90s. Dean Norris is uh, speaking with an accent. Tim says to him, without Angelo, there is no Project 5. That's uh, Pierce Brosnan's character. Cut to Pierce in the VR watching himself float in a like a tank of nerds or Candy Crush or something. It's Candy Crush. We built this candy. He pulls up a menu, picks to fall at a rapid descent. It looks like he's in a sex swing. In real life? Yes, it does. Absolutely. You ever use a sex swing, I mean? No. I, I, I find that sex, like, in regular circumstances is exciting enough. Okay. Caroline ejects the disc from the computer. God damn it, Caroline. Never unplug a program while I'm engaged. You just ruined the whole effect. Falling, floating, and flying. So what's next? Fucking? There it is. Tension. What? With his wife? No, it's like his girlfriend, right? You know what? The first two scenes which is basically the only two scenes she's in, made me believe it was a girlfriend. Yeah, same. Until late, way later in the movie, he, when he's hugging the neighbor's wife and the neighbor's kid, his, he's got a ring on his ring finger. And I was like, oh, that was his wife. Oh, okay. Wow, she left him just over that? I thought the whole unplugging the program thing would come back. Nope. 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 No. Not a chance. That's why I think that was an ad-lib line. Uh, she's mad because he's hooked in that machine instead of taking her to the city this weekend. He apologizes. They're both wearing shoes in their house. He apologizes and tries to initiate sex. He does. You know, guys, let me take over this one because <laughs> this this is my my sweet spot, right? Is it? He apologizes by saying, why didn't you remind me? Which is an excellent, excellent reframing of something that you were at fault of. Like, hey, you were supposed to take me to the city. Why the hell didn't you tell me? Where would you remind me? Oh, it's my fault. That's right. I've Jedi mind tricked you into taking culpability for not reminding me of something that was my responsibility. That's one. Two, sex cures everything. And he was well on his way to fixing it until he, I think he pushed his luck a little because I wrote, oh, this guy is good for when he said, I never feel like being around people. I'm like, that's a great way to initiate sex and like continue everything to be like a, a sex kind of Rapunzel type situation where you got to lock the way and all you guys do is have sex. Sex Rapunzel? <laughs> yeah. You know, like to lock the way in a towel. You've not seen Rapunzel in a long time. No, it's a sex Rapunzel, right? <laughs> Rapunzel's like, not Rapunzel. Is it Rapunzel. Sex Rapunzel came yeah. out after Rapunzel's act. That's true. I saw it on Pornhub. It's a great move. Because it gets in the mood. But in this case, should have stopped talking and just gone on with the sex. Because he actually pulls back. He flew too close to the sun, Zach. That's, I know you love Icarus. There it is. Oh, Icarus is such a fraud. What about Sex Icarus? Sex Icarus also came after Icarus. I bet he did. Maze, what do we do with the mean saying, let me take this one, this is my sweet spot? That was... <laughs> I mean, the apology in initiating sex, he, he said that was his move. In the breakup episode. That's the move, Zach. You want to hasten the apology and move past this? Initiate sex, man. I'm telling you, works every time. She wants to go to a hotel. He says, I'm ready right now. Again, I get what he's trying to do. You got to know when to hold them and know when to fold them. Mm -hmm. Should have folded right there. Also, by the way, Maze's sweet spot is coming up in the very next scene, I believe. Oh, come on. All right, she's young and won't become a recluse just for him. She hates artificial reality. I'm into reality, reality, not this... This artificial reality. Cut to the outside, and Job is mowing the lawn horribly. This focus that he has, though, horribly. while he's doing it. <laughs> Acting his ass off. I can't get over how big his overalls are. They look like overalls you put on a horse. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Ed, I've seen an episode of You've seen an episode of Mr. Ed where he was wearing overalls? Yes, yes. And a hat. To blend in? Don't know. <laughs> Uh, some kid named Peter interrupts Job. His mom says to come have some Kool-Aid with Peter when he's done. Settle down, Mace. Job got Peter the Nuke Master Special Edition 3D comic book, but forgot the 3D glasses because he's too dumb to know he needed them. He doesn't even understand what it means. <laughs> it's okay. I got my own. Larry sees Job and Peter mowing and talking, and as he drinks scotch, <laughs> it was maybe 9 a.m. His earring is <laughs> glistening in the daylight. The kid goes to Dr. Angelo, and he says... Can I come over and play Cyber Boogie? And I wrote the note, why do I have the feeling that Maze has played Cyber Boogie before? The other thing is, when when the when the dad from next door comes home, he goes off on him 
and he just keeps yelling, didn't I? Didn't I tell you? Didn't I? We're all hearing this from a distance. So it's not like we're getting close-up action shots of this. It's all the way over there. So we hear it from distance. We see it from a distance. And from a distance, you see Job hearing him say, didn't I tell you not to play with that moron? <laughs> Don't play with that moron. Want to get stupid? And Job has the saddest face. Like, I just caught the craziest stray. I have nothing to do with your problems, my man. Why am I catching this heat? Did you guys catch when Uncle Frank is telling a story? If your boys listen real careful, you can hear the panpipes of the little people in the grass there. Pantomime's playing a flute while he's doing it. He really fucking sold that character, man. <laughs> For some reason, he's Irish. Don't play with that fucking moron again. Do you want to get stupid? You want to get stupid? I didn't do that guy justice. That dude acted his ass off. But also, Uncle Frank acting his ass off because I like to believe he had lived the whole Irish thing. <laughs> <laughs> I think he just decided to use it. I don't think it was written in to be Irish. No. Yeah, he just decided, no. I'm going to make this He's guy. He's just Irish. fucking around one day on set and just like, you know what? I'm going to go for it. Back at the church, the priest is pissed at Job and he's spraying termites or something. I don't know what he's doing at the altar. Godless little creatures. He's looking for Job. Says the fourth time this week he's forgotten his duties. Brings the wrath of the Lord on himself just like his namesake. And I wrote, did we just get character naming exposition? We got that, but we couldn't get where Job came from or why he's with the McKean's. <laughs> Well, I think we kind of got to that later, right? In the trailer, I thought that Uncle Frank was his dad, but clearly not. Oh, I think the priest molested him. Yes. That is admitted at one point, yeah. I wrote that as a joke earlier. And then, oh, boy. Well, I didn't know that, they, like, I thought the scandals hadn't sensitive. happened until later. No, scandals have been happening for centuries. See, he wrote the joke before the priest said it, Zach. The priest says Job has to earn his keep. I wrote the note. Yeah, something tells me you need something a little stronger than a can of raid there, Father. Yeah, there's a lot of fucking termites or whatever those are. Yeah, it's uh, oodles. I'm surprised the entire church didn't turn to dust. And he's mad at Job for not spraying a can of raid down. I, I mean, I want an apology right now, okay? Why? Because we're like 45 minutes into this episode. We're like eight minutes into this movie. <laughs> And you're like, I don't know why you think we'll need two parts. What do you think we're going to talk about? Yeah. I have a lot of notes. The priest says to Job, <laughs> I tried to teach that stupid mind of yours responsibility <laughs> since you were five years old. I'm like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> They've had him since he was five? Everyone's just piling on this guy. They're going in on Job. I'll remember my chores, father. I promise. He gets Job to pick being beaten with a belt. Job takes off his shirt and the priest lashes the fuck out of him. By the way, the belt is frayed at the end. Mm -hmm. Presumably from like they've been doing this for a while. That's good set design. That's good props. Well, he let him choose his own punishment, you know? It's true. Pierce is drinking in the basement. Caroline is leaving on a plane in an hour. She also has a blazer with like Herschel Walker shoulder pads inside. Oh, yeah. Journal entry, May 5th. Work, marriage, life. What a joke. So, yes, he's making these audio... He's just making podcasts, right? Yep. But he didn't even say that one out loud. That one was in his head. She says that all the whiskey in the world isn't going to cure his depression. He agrees. But he says that she has no clue what he's going through. She wants him to give it up. She leaves. she got some great legs. Back to Job at night, and he's praying before bed. He's marking down his prayers. He goes over to Big Red and says the name for some reason. He's got a Jesus on a lawnmower engine stack crucifix. Typical stuff. Dry erase really killed the chalkboard industry. Mm, really good. Oh, I don't. I love a chalk. Dry erase is so much better. I'm not saying it's better. I just like. I like the sound of the chalk hitting oh, the board. That, yeah, but then you get that squeak every once in a while. Every once in a while, but I'm willing to take it. I don't mind it. Like I went to Catholic school when I was a kid. Yeah, same. And so the punishment was you had to clap the the erasers out of the chalk dust. Oh, I thought you were going to say the cheeks of the priest. Wow. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'll remember my chores, Father. I promise. <laughs> That was the most earnest wow for me ever. Sobering. Sophomoric humor much? You wrote the note earlier. All right. Pierce was recording an audio journal. He's recording and he goes, oh, Jesus. And I wrote, that's how I feel about this pod. About this pod? About recording cinephobe. What do we do? Recording cinephobe. That's how I feel. I hit the answer button on the Skype call. I always go, 
Oh, Jesus. Just the same way that Pierce Brosnan did. Wow. Wow. I mean, this does feel like we are human subjects in some scientist's experiment. Which is what Mystery Science 3000 is really about. He's going to continue his work somehow. Then he sees Job is mowing the lawn again. so funny. He's watching him pour gas into Big Red. It's like, where will I find a human subject? Oh, my filthy window. When Job is finished pouring the gas, he goes, yup, full. The focus on his face. While he is filling this canister. Hold on. How about Dr. Angelo standing there watching him while he's rubbing his dick and his nipple at the same time? Sexual tension. What? He was rubbing his dick and his nipple? He's got his hand inside his shirt. And he's got another hand in his pocket. Did you get the director's cut? Wasn't he drinking whiskey? Oh, are you sure he brought it with him outside? Job, do you want to play a game? Teaching a matching game on the computer. I think that's where you set the screenshot. This pattern game makes no sense. <laughs> I was feeling it. Yeah. No, I was I was like, okay, am I one too? <laughs> one of that, Zach. <laughs> I didn't get it. And then when he got it right, I was like, that can't be right. How was that right? It was going so fast. I was like, let me look at it. <laughs> <laughs> now, Job and Peter are playing a flying simulation game. And the contraption just looks like they're humping massage tables. Sensual tension. It sounds like they're having sex. Oh, oh, oh. The graphics look like human bodies coming out of the back of Naboo Starfighters. Yes. He dies in the game, and they pull their heads out of the game, and it looks like he just came. I was flying upside down, Dr. Angelo. Pierce tells him he has games that can make him smarter, to which Job responds, I was born dumb. <laughs> Question. Like, we know Job. Question, would you want to be smarter? Like how much smarter? Like not not like no more information. Talking like limitless pill? Or not yeah, kinda of, well this by the way, this movie is like a shitty version of Limitless, but Limitless came after. The idea of like being even more aware, more cognizant and things like that. Ten percent more I wouldn't mind. Anything after that, like I, I feel like that's gonna be a burden. Sometimes I'm jealous of dumb people. Not like Job dumb, but yeah, we have it good. Dumber people. I think you're able to enjoy life more if you're not overwhelmed yeah. by intelligence. You're able to file a lot of movies. That's yeah, exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. No, that, that, that's maze. That's exactly how I felt. Because at first I was like, oh yeah, I'd love to be smart. Then I'm like, dude, I'm miserable as it is because I feel like everyone's a fucking moron. If I were smarter, I would. I would I'd, I'd have psychosis. I'd have a psychotic break, and I would kill myself probably. Jesus or kill a lot of people. Christ. So it's like, if anything, <laughs> I wish I were a little dumber. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, this is going to be a one-part episode, real yeah. short. All right. He explains people take advantage of him. Sometimes they do. He says he can make him smarter, but he can't tell anybody. Job is whispering the secret to Jesus on the cross, and the priest kind of hears him. A secret for just you and me, too. Oh, God, this is how he gets him to suck him off, isn't it? That's sexual tension. Christ. Yes, very. Can be our little secret, Job. Yep. Job immediately tells the secret to Jesus at the church, which pisses off Father McKean, and then... Pierce checks his heart and says he's healthy as a mule. The phrase is healthy as a horse, but Job is obviously a mule. Pierce gives him a shot of some green liquid, then puts him in the equipment. Pierce has a glove on. He starts cortex simulation. Job freaks out at the stuff coming his way. It looks like a lot of like ancient shit. Pierce puts on a VR glove and crudely drag and drops a red ball onto what is supposed to be Job's brain. That is how the training is done. They look like coronavirus. Basically, the Matrix ripped off the lawnmower, man. That's what I got out of this. Came out after Lawnmower Man, too. Thanks, Zach. His brain is responding much better than Pierce anticipated. He's going to step up the treatment, increase the dosage of nootropic drugs. So caffeine and creatine are an example of nootropic drugs. Oh, cool. For some reason, he says it's too late to turn back now. Yeah. I didn't really understand. I was like, of course he did. And who he said it to, I wasn't quite sure either. Yeah. Job is now mowing the lawn. He stops and he goes to eat lunch. Some woman is watching me eat. Flirts with him a little bit. Which oh, my God. This woman is a real scumbag. So Job stops mowing the lawn, and I thought it's because he's becoming smarter. So he's like, figuring out, I don't need to do this manual labor bullshit. But instead, when Uncle Frank asks him what's wrong, he says, I'm hungry. And then they cut to the woman on the balcony, and I wrote, she's hungry. for dick. <laughs> what's happening with you in this episode? Spoiler alert. Am I wrong? <laughs> No, you're not wrong. He's still uh, 
at this point, right? Like he's still still what? Yes, of course he is. Well, all right, we're gonna get into this because I really have a lot of issues with what's about to happen. He also works for her, so it can't be the first time she's ever seen him. Right. Exactly. Looks different, man. What is going on? She just looked outside and she saw him mowing the lawn. What's the big deal, dude? No, 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 no. Mr. Sexual Tension? No, he's one of those. The tension was through the roof. You can't do that. They're both eating provocatively. Come on. Back to training. His synaptic activity has increased 400% in less than a month. His mind is like a clean, hungry sponge. (laughs) (laughs) Joe (laughs) Pedgin. Joe beats Peter at the flying game, to which Peter says, Whoa, that was sketched. What? You better not get too excited because I'm getting you. And I said, sexual attention. <laughs> this is the point where I noticed that this is the kid from Last Action Hero in My Girl 2. I did not know that until then. Job is in his shack now and he's shirtless. He's looking at a cowboy outfit ad. Job is ripped. Yeah, no, he's shredded. He's got the, he's got the strength. What? What strength? What kind of strength? What kind of strength? Simple strength. He's trying to stand like the cowboys with the thumbs up in the mirror. He's pretending to have cowboy conversations. <laughs> the priest walks in and asks him, what is this perverted behavior? Why are you standing there half naked exposing yourself? What sort of perverted behavior is this? You, you know, you should knock before you come into somebody's house. This is my house. I pay the rent and, and, and I, I want to cash my checks now because I want to buy some new clothes and I'm going to buy some cowboy boots and I'm going to make this... Place of ranch. Uh, that Dr. Angelo, isn't it? He's been feeding the devil in your head. No, he hasn't. All right, if they're brothers, why isn't the priest Irish? That was my biggest question. That was your biggest question? This guy's older than, than Uncle Frank. No. <laughs> it's like, uh, and remember in Kirby Enthusiasm, when Larry accidentally gives uh, Sammy wine instead of grape juice? Yeah. And Susie's going nuts. Like, How could you give the baby grape juice? Like, I didn't know. I, th- I, give her wine. I didn't know. I thought it was grape juice. Did you can tell that she was drunk. No, she's slurring her words, Larry. I thought she had a speech impediment. You've known her since she was born. That's what made it so odd. <laughs> oh, I just solved my own question. So obviously, when they were babies, Father McKean and Uncle Frank were separated because their parents got murdered by triads. And Uncle Frank was taken to Ireland and raised in an Irish orphanage. Right. Yeah, that tracks. An Irish dance studio now. An Irish jig studio. <laughs> Mac Weldon will be the most comfortable underwear, socks, shirts, undershirts, hoodies, and sweatpants, and more that you will ever wear. They have a line of silver underwear and shirts that are naturally antimicrobial, which means they eliminate odor. They want you to be comfortable, so if you don't like your first pair of underwear, you can keep it, and they will still refund you no questions asked. Not only does Mac Weldon's underwear, socks, and shirts look good, they perform well, too. It's good for working out, going to work, going out on dates, just everyday life. Mac Weldon really does value its loyal customers. That's why they've created the Weldon Blue Loyalty Program. Here's how it works. Create an account. It's totally free. Level 1, place an order for any amount and never pay for shipping again. Level 2, once you purchase $200 worth of products from Mac Weldon, not only will you continue to receive free shipping, but you will also start saving 20% on every order you make for the next year. Level 2 also grants you access to new products before they're released to anyone else, as well as free gifts added to future orders. I have some Mack Weldon socks, Mack Weldon underwear, and I'm wearing my Mack Weldon sweatpants right now. It's fantastic. I wear it all the time. It's a quarantine. You never leave the house. You gotta have Mack Weldon sweats. For 20% off your first order, visit MacWeldon.com and enter promo code DING. That's promo code DING, D-I-N-G. Job responds that he should knock before going to somebody's house. Joe, and I wrote the note, Job's a lot smarter right now. Then he says he pays rent, he wants to cash his checks and buy some cowboy boots, and he's going to make this place into a ranch. That made me laugh. And then I wrote the note, okay, he's not that much smarter. (laughs) Also, Father McKean's been holding all his checks. Yeah, man, that's, that's rough. Priest thinks it's Dr. Angelo's influence. He goes to hit him with the belt, and Job catches the hand, takes the belt right out of it. Priest is scared and leaves. Now Pierce and Tim's are going over Job's progress. He says he's avoided the aggression factors, and it works with a human subject. Tim says, of course, it all makes sense. Shut the fuck up, dude. You don't know what you're fucking talking about. 
but he needs the Project 5 lab to keep this thing going. Isn't that usually my role, to, to be upset with a character? <laughs> what they do and don't know? Shut the fuck up, Tims. You're calling out sweet spots that we don't agree with. I don't know what's going on with you in this episode. <laughs> when Angelo and Suspenders are in the room, Suspenders is at his computer. His monitor is mounted on a wall 10 feet away. <laughs> to the right. It's like high up on that wall. <laughs> and it is tiny. And I'm thinking to myself, you just had a FaceTime call with a wall-to-wall size screen <laughs> zoomed in on this dude's face. And now you're <laughs> typing on a little bitty monitor that's <laughs> mounted on the wall. The technology doesn't track across this whole thing at all. Miss Burke pulls up to the gas station, asks Jake to check her fluids. So I was super confused for a good chunk of this movie because I thought Peter's mom and Miss Burke were the same person. Mm. Oh, wow. So I was very confused. I had to go back and change some notes. As he's checking her fluids, she looks in the side mirror and sees a sweet ass in some jeans. Job has jeans on, cowboy boots, and a button-up shirt. He brushed his hair! That's the biggest sign of intelligence. That's true. She gets out of the car because she is 100% hornball all the time. She asks if she knows him. He says he mows her lawn. She says, no, you're not the lawnmower, man. They said, they said it. it. They, said, they it. said it. He said it. He said it. She says she's looking forward to having her lawn mowed soon. Why, why, we why? This is an ethical question, you guys, and I don't know how to ask it delicately. So ask it indelicately, Zach. If a... A challenged person. You mean like someone short? No, not quite. A challenged person. Like someone who's been on that road rules, real world? No, that's a challenged person. Oh. If a challenged person goes through treatment and becomes smarter, is it ethically okay to fuck them? Because I don't think it should be. I don't think what she's doing should be allowed. I think it should be illegal. So you're asking basically if someone passes the proverbial retard Mendoza line. Oh, boy. (laughs) Which came out after the Mendoza line. That did, yeah, officially. Right after Mendoza's career. It's funny because I wrote, she is throwing that pussy joke. You know what, Zach? I'm going to say... Obviously, because in real in the real world there is no miracle cure, so obviously ethically it's wrong. But we're speaking in the hypothetical. Technically, he's above the Mendoza line. So let me clarify two points. Number one, we have a scene where he's still pretty in it, and she's definitely eye fucking him. And then number yeah. two, she doesn't know that he's smarter. She All know. she knows is that he brushed his hair. Right. That's a good point. She and put on some know. jeans. The intent in this case is what makes her guilty, not necessarily whether something actually happened. So, for instance, if someone were to pursue a sexual relationship with someone who they thought was underage, but was actually of age. I don't think we'd say, oh, they're all right. Like, you'd still say, yo, this is a monster because you thought. I think I'd just say that's maze being maze. I don't know. Like, I. I love when when the joke is subtle and Zach says, no, it needs more. <laughs> Uncle Frank pops up out of nowhere. Yeah, Uncle Frank just oops, pals, surprises you. He's got the hots for you, Joe boy. <laughs> you gotta be kidding me. She's just teasing this halfway. Look at him. You're getting dressed up like a fool. No, no, Jake. I've known her ever since her husband died. She's been kicking up her heels at all the young studs in town. And I tell you, she wants this young fella. Don't you call her no whore around me, old man. Whores do it for money. She's got money. She's young. She does it because she likes it. (laughs) Shut up. Hey, Jake, don't do that. Uncle Frank, wingman of the century. Give you mad props for that. On the other hand, Jake, hater of the century. Why are you trying to cock block? Because she's not throwing you the pussy? Yes. I feel like she threw it to everybody. Except for Jake. Jake grabs Frank. Job says not to do that. Then Jake clocks Job, and Job gives him a look that scares Jake. Dramatic zoom in on Job. The way he looked back at him, I was just, I fucking lost it, man. (laughs) Because he's he's laying like if you've ever seen these women on Instagram do the WAP challenge, mm-hmm. and at the part where they hit the floor and start to grind against the floor and then they look back, that's what he looked like. 
That's odd. <laughs> Macaroni in the pot. Now Job is driving with Pierce. Says people can tell he's changing. I like doing the lawns. I always like doing them. Now they're at VSI. Job is amazed by the equipment. This is some of the most advanced computer equipment in the world, Job. In these gyrospheres, we wear full cyber suits, which completely allow us to enter into virtual reality and move. Your entire nervous system and endocrine system will be in sync with the brain expansion. Endocrine? Uh, yeah, endocrine. It, uh, it carries secretions of certain glands like uh, thyroid, adrenal, and pituitary, which regulate growth. Sometimes, I think I've discovered a new planet. But what I'm inventing instead of discovering, I've just sighted the shore of one of its continents. I could listen to Pierce fake his way through science all day. He is feeling it. He definitely came. Oh, wait, wait for it. Now they're both in the system and he's changing the brainwave patterns of Job. Job hates this because it's too intense and he's just spinning for no reason. Hold on. First of all, you gotta start with, Insertion complete. I wrote, you goddamn right. Then the next one was when he's spinning and he doesn't like, he says, get me off. And I said, that's the plan. And then the computer says, synaptic, responsive, positive. You're welcome. And then finally, he Job says, I like it. And I wrote, yeah, you do, you little slut. Job is drifting in his gyrosphere. It looks like he's in a Tool music video. Yep, sure does. The CGI is so terrible. Pierce is still just like dragging and dropping stuff into his brain. Now Job is mowing the lawn again. And he is shirtless, wearing jeans, and jacked. Yes. Just jacked. Uh, he can hear the thoughts of Miss Burke, I wrote. Is he reading her mind? Uncle Frank is horny for Miss Burke. Go get it. Throwing the pussy, I'm catching. Go get that shit. Tells Job to go get the lemonade. Go get that pussy. My next note. All caps. Guys, I have a big problem with this. <laughs> she asked if he's kissed a girl before. She's trying to teach him how to kiss with his tongue. Popping that cherry, man. This is so uncomfortable. She's teaching him about tits and erections. He touches her chest. She says soft. She touches his dick. She says hard. That it is. Question. Have you ever thought of telling a girl that you'd never had sex before? What? She asked him if he'd ever kissed a girl. I didn't hear that. I heard I've ever been with a girl. So at that moment, I thought I, there was a question, you know, I like to write these questions that are not, you know, not part of the movie. It's more just for us, our, our discussion. And so the question I wrote is, have you ever, like, when you're about to get it on with a girl for the first time, like, thought of just lying or saying, like, this is my first time? I just want to remind our listeners right now that about 18 minutes ago, <laughs> Amin said if he got smarter he would either kill himself or just kill a bunch of people <laughs> isn't there like a statute of limitations on this question like could you pull that lie off now i can't because i have kids and everyone knows it. i'm in my late 30s but no but like have you ever thought about doing that no no <laughs> what no not once no <laughs> only when i was a virgin no not like when it was real when we were virgins, we didn't want to tell anybody that we no. were virgins. It's always the opposite. You don't, like, when you are when you are a virgin, you don't want to let them know you're a virgin. But when you're not a virgin. It's like a bag of sand. What the fuck you pretend are you like talking you, about? I'm not saying you do it at dinner. I'm saying, like, when like when it starts getting hot, I'm just like, the, <laughs> um, I'll have the Caesar salad, and I'm a virgin. Right? Like, like I feel like, like when it's getting hot and heavy, you're like, yo, I've never actually done this before. And then she gets excited, and then... You whatever you do comes across as oh my god it's just a natural. I don't think that's how any of that works. Okay, you should try it. Let us know. It's too late. It's too how late. How often have you done this in your life? I haven't. I, I but I regret though. <laughs> but you regret is the word you just said. Regret. Yeah, man. I think it would have been awesome. <laughs> what? <laughs> Whoa! Awesome, dudicle. You know what it's like, Zach. You know how, like, every once in a while we hear... I promise you I don't. We hear these stories of, you know, players who are like, oh, my God, he's a phenom. And it turns out, oh, yeah, he lied about his age. He's not a phenom at all. He's just old, right? It'd be like that, but with sex. You want a Danny Almonte, some poor woman? Yeah. Like, she'd think I'm a phenom. Like, he's a chosen one. <laughs> I'm usually just focused on, like, getting some head and not coming. Really? Is that the point? No, I mean, like, you know, not coming early. Yeah, you're supposed to say, is it? And I'm supposed to say, isn't it? And then, oh, damn, man. 
Did you just chastise us for like going to back to the same shtick in a text thread? It wasn't chat. It was, a, and it was an observation. But keep okay. going. Right. Also, no chance he wore a rubber, right? No, not a chance. No, no, he wouldn't own them. And there's, I guarantee, she's not using them back then. I bet you, Miss Burke probably has like her tubes tied or something. Good point. And, and it's not like he's got an STD, right? Because no, first timer. Well, I don't know what the priest has been doing. I get too dark. I got too dark. Now Larry and Tim's are talking about how Job absorbed Latin in two hours. Tim's wants to report this to Washington and get more funding. Job is learning about art. He's in the learning machine. There's a <laughs> <laughs> well done, guys. No autocorrect necessary for me on that no, Battlefield no. Earth reference. He's Battlefield Earth ready. There's a great discussion to be had about the difference between information and cognitive ability, but I don't think it's appropriate for this podcast. <laughs> All right, well. But we just spent five minutes. About, <laughs> we just spent five minutes about how you wish that you could lie to people about being a virgin so you would seem like you're a, a wonder kid when it comes to sex. Actually, you know what? I think a me does understand the tone of the show, so. I'm brand. <laughs> Job is driving a truck, listening to rhythm and blues, now classical. That is not R&B. What no, they were listening to no, was not no, R&B. it was not. Music habits are just sampling segments. He taught himself how to drive. Job and Peter go to a diner. Job has given up comic books. Peter says, awesome and dutiful when he finds out that he's getting Job's comic collection. Job has some sensory overload. He can hear the thoughts of other people. Some people are wondering what's wrong with him. Is he having a breakdown? Some old guy says, I think he's probably dancing with the booze lady. What does that mean? He's taking dope. He is acting his ass. Oh, he's assless, man. He is ripped and assless. The screen effects are like an old TV trying to find the signal. Yep, 100%. And then he just bails and leaves Peter at the diner. That's my next note. What? Job tells Peter he has to go, and he has just left a child he drove into town. What the fuck? I thought you were supposed to be smarter. Job tells Larry he had to use all his concentration to block out what people think. Larry speculated psychic powers could be unlocked with this treatment, but everything is unexpected with the progress. Larry thinks to himself that he has to keep psychic stuff away from uh, Tim's, and Job asks who Tim's is. So he's reading his thoughts. Tim's is talking to Mr. Director on the screen again. Why doesn't he sit facing the screen? That's a great question. It bothered me the whole time. It's the same thing that happened in Tango and Cash. Also, why is he always in this empty conference room? Why couldn't he just have this conversation in his office? Obviously, because the screen. You want Hank on that tiny TV off to the right? Director wants to see the original Project 5 formulas used on Job. The aggression factors need to be explored on a human subject. He says to be persuasive with Larry. Job is fucking Miss Burke again. He seems to be better at it this time. He's on top this time, though. Falls asleep but wakes up with a headache or something. I don't really know. More Tool music videos. Question. Would the ability to read minds make you better or worse at sex? Oh, I think it'd be better. I think it'd be worse. Way better. Does that come up in uh, What Women Want? I don't think I've ever seen it. Future Cinephobe? I don't remember. I have not seen that in a long ass time. I have a bad feeling, I mean, that it doesn't qualify. It's got to qualify. 54 across the board. Jesus Christ. Mace, would you think the ability to read minds would make you better or worse at sex? Probably worse, because it would be too much information. Unless you were, like, really good at controlling your mind reading abilities. It's kind of like the intelligence conversation we had earlier. Yeah, man. I don't want to be able to... I don't, I don't want to hear that shit. Really? Zach, you're thinking, oh, she's going to be thinking, ooh, touch me right there. And you're like, aha, I'll touch you right there. And then you'll just... But, I, like, I don't think... First of all, I don't think people think like that when they're having sex. It's not going to be thoughts or whatever. She would, just, she would just hear me counting down from, from 300. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 50! <laughs> The only thing that I could positive thing I could see out of it is like you'd know if you were doing something good and they were lying to you about it in real life or vice versa. Right, right, right. Or vice, but also, what if like you hear her thoughts and she's like, "Oh my god, just end this." Right. Then <laughs> it's, it's time to pop, breath. boys, and I'm out. Kind of selfish, huh? Hey, that's her thought process. I don't need to turn two minutes into three minutes. I have a lot of notes left. That's part one of the. I mean, we have so much movie left. That's part one of the Lawnmower Man episode of Cinephobe. Make sure you rate, review, and do all that stuff. Go to patreon.com slash count the dings. And uh, I don't know. We'll have a second episode of this. We'll have a part two, right? So many more notes. There's your uncomfortable tease right there. Next time we make love, you introduce me to Jade.
All right, where are we? 